0: Comes ahead on goal, and Jordan Morris has done it. Appealing in vain for offside, the Chicago Fire defenders. Jordan Morris from the doorstep saves the day for the Sounders. Third. A foot race the other way. It doesn't get much better than this, folks. The Stateside Soccer Show with Logan and Jordan. Hello and welcome to the Stateside Soccer Show. My name is Jordan Wiegand. Logan not with me today, he had some, uh, I guess, car issues, technical issues, Um, so he couldn't make it to today's show. So just me soloing here and celebrating as we have our first ever American and first ever MLS team to win the CONCACAF Champions League. Seattle Sounders had done it. First CONCACAF Champions League champions to hail from the MLS. Uh, just an incredible achievement. All of the trophies they've won. There's really nothing left on their list except for, you know, League's Cup when that starts getting going. So they will advance to the Club World Cup, which has been confirmed now to have one more tournament of just the seven teams. I think we talked about that last week, how... The last one was supposed to be the last one with seven teams and they were supposed to expand to 24. This one will be the last one with seven teams before expanding to 24. So hats off to the Seattle Sounders and that monumental achievement as they beat Pumas 3-0 at Lumen Field to win 5-2 on aggregate. Rui Diaz in the 45th minute, Rui Diaz in the 80th, and Lodero in the 88th to seal it completely sealing the victory. Uh, Garth Loggerway, who has been just an absolute mainstay for the Sounders since 2015, uh, where he has taken over the job of general manager back in 2015, and really has to be, what, like the Best GM in major league soccer, it's got to be up there, you know. With RSL, he took RSL to the CONCACAF Champions League final as well. He won an MLS Cup there as well. Uh, he departs for the Sounders, where he has won since 2015, right? We look at the 2015 era. Of Seattle Sounders, and what they have won since 2015 is two MLS Cups, 2016, and 2019, and a Concacaf Champions League. So, in the, you know, in the steps before that, they were winning supporter shield, they were winning Open Cup. They had to get over the hump. He gets them over the hump in 2016. They win it again in 2019. They got to, you know, uh, what finals and. 17 and uh, 21 or no finals in Uh, yeah, 2020. Sorry. 17 and 2020 winning it in 19, winning it in 16. They are the team that has What, qualified the most for the CONCACAF Champions League, by the way? Seattle? This is including all the times, not just under Lagerwey. Uh, Seven participations in the Champions League, which is most by an MLS team all time. They're top three in wins, points, goals, and assists in the MLS regular season since 2012. And five titles in all competitions since 2012. Again, with Lagerwey, he joined in 2015, but uh, I assume he's going nowhere, right? You, you're set up pretty uh, pretty well here um, with how you have it going. And, uh, you know, what next would be the Leagues Cup, right? That's what you want to get next. But they've won – this is just – let's talk about Seattle as a whole now, right? MLS Cup, two of them. Supporter Shield. Four Open Cups, oh, nine, ten, eleven, fourteen, 9 10, 11, 14, and now a CONCACAF Champions League. They've done everything that they can win right now. Until we get to that Leagues Cup. And the reason why I'm kind of putting off the 2021 Leagues Cup, which they were a runner-up for, which it would be amazing if they won that, right? But the reason why I'm kind of putting that off and saying that they'll have a chance to win it now is the League's Cup as we know it is not what it's going to become, right? 2019, only four teams played. 2020, we had canceled. 2021, we had eight teams playing. And twenty twenty two we're having the Leagues Cup showcase, which is not gonna have everybody in it. And twenty twenty three is gonna start the actual um the actual Leagues Cup. Uh so another thing I guess they can win is if they continue the Campionas Cup in twenty twenty three. Uh, you know, they'd have to get to 2020 was canceled. So they haven't had a chance to win that yet since they won an MLS cup. So they have to win an MLS cup, qualify for the Campeonas cup. Let's see if they can do it. New York city FC is qualified for it, obviously with their, with their win. Um, Atlanta United and crew have won those. So, I mean, we're looking at progressively how well these, these MLS teams have been doing in CONCACAF competitions recently. The League's Cup, we've only had Seattle get into a runners up spot. Capionis Cup, we've had two wins. And in 2023, like I said, the League's Cup is going to expand to include all MLS and Liga MX teams. And that is going to be in the uh, summer of 2023 so once we get to that point we're gonna be saying hey seattle could be a favorite for that and that'd be another trophy for them to add to their cabinet uh they are really as we start looking at it the best team in mls history uh just how consistent they are consistency over multiple eras even you know uh when they started winning their open cups, that's a totally different style of MLS is what we're at now. And it's a totally, you know, totally different GM than what we're at now with Loggerway. So as long as he's there and as long as Smetcher's there, this club's going to be consistent. This team is going to win games. And the fact is, you know, Roy Diaz is, is a huge part of this team. Lodera is a huge part of this team. If they can keep those players here, they got chances to just keep on rolling and then they'll find new talent. I have no doubt about that. They'll find new talent to bring it in. Now, when we're looking at their MLS form right now, obviously not great, right? Three straight losses. But they had to go from winning a have camp- Champions League to go to Dallas just a couple days later and play there, and they end up losing. So, uh, you know, that, that moves Dallas all the way up to fourth, but Seattle sits 13th place with just um seven points to get to a playoff spot they're seven points behind they also have two games in hand of some of these teams they have three games in hand of a few of the teams so you can't count them out yet they can go on a run this summer that's usually when they like to pick it up some but even if they don't make the playoffs right now this season it's a, it's a success due to winning the CONCACAF Champions League there's just No doubt about it. Winning that CONCACAF Champions League is a huge deal to be the first one to say that you're the first MLS team to win this. You know, they're going to be able to raise the banner. They're doing that in July. It's going to be a great time to be there. It seems to always be a good time to be a Seattle fan, really, with how great they've been. Before we get to uh, anything results-wise, Uh, Montreal also came out and said that we have listened to our supporters and our partners. We will soon unveil a new logo, which will be officially used as of the 2023 season. This emblem will highlight several key elements of our identity and history. And my main question of this is why can't teams just get it right on the first go? (laughs) And what I mean by that is announcing a rebrand, not taking into account anything that the fans want. And then they unveil this new identity. People hate it. And they have to backtrack. We've seen it with Chicago, with the crown logo. We have saw it with the crew, with them removing the word crew. People freaked out. And now we see with Montreal, they had changed their logo, everybody raised hell, and now they have to backtrack again. Why aren't they just doing the due diligence before they spend millions of dollars on a rebrand that then they'll have to overwrite, backtrack on, a couple years later, and spend another couple million on this. I mean that's if that's how much it costs, right? I here's the thing. They do have to pay for somebody to make the logos. They have to pay for research and development and you know what are those things called like where they uh like polling type things, you know, where they say here's this one and here's this one. What does that make you feel like? You know, when they go to all these people and have them look at it i'm blanking on the on the term right now but focus groups there we go focus groups um so they have to pay money on that they have to pay money on you know rebranding signage around the stadium they have to uh you know change the logo on that means they're going to need a new jersey refresh right in 2023 if they've already started working on it they have to backtrack It's a whole lot of stuff. It's a whole lot of stuff to worry about that you shouldn't have to worry about. And here's the Montreal logo, as we know it. If you're on the YouTube stream, you see it. Club to Foot Montreal. It's very plain. So it makes me wonder what they're going to do. Because it doesn't sound like they're going to be bringing in fans to talk about this one either. Right? Like, it just says, hey we will soon unveil a new logo. So they've already done it. They've already done all of that work. And who knows how much fans actually had a say in this one either. And why aren't we just allowing them in on this? You know, Chicago let them in on it and they were able to backtrack from the crown logo to this beautiful logo. I like it. I love it. I want some more of it. I want more like this and less of Montreal, this. The Impact logo was fine as it was. Maybe they wanted to refresh it a bit, but I think you had to keep most of the basis of the that Montreal Impact logo, but they went ahead and just completely rebranded. And we've kind of talked about this, is rebranding is not always going to fix the problem. Rebranding doesn't matter as much as winning on the field, right? I mean, New England rebranded. Last season, they had the crayon flag, and they made it to Supporter Shield Champions, and they rebranded, and right now they're not doing so hot. That makes people not like the new logo. But also, when you get rid of all your history, when you get rid of all of your name, like the way Montreal Impact went back a while ago. This team was playing in the USL at some point. And you remove that for this very generic logo of a snowflake with the fleur de lis on there. Very small on opposite sides. And you just have in plain font, Club to Foot Montreal. Like, the font is nothing special. The logo is nothing. Like, it looks like something that is on a generic kit. And therein lied the problem and why they're changing it. But I'm worried that they're going to change it to something that also is not impressive. And we haven't talked about this much on here either, but Seattle is going to be rebranding soon too. Just a logo refresh, supposedly. That's coming up in a couple years, I think. But I really don't want them to change it. I mean, look at this. This is Seattle's logo. This is what won the CONCACAF Champions League. Why are we always messing with history? Why are we messing with things? The union changed their logo recently. And what they did was they changed that kind of ugly gold-brown color to a more bright gold. And it looks better. This is the type of refreshes we want. I hope they never refresh anything else about this. Look at the New York Yankees. They haven't changed their logo. They The Yankee teams that have won 27 World Series all have had the same logo, the same sort of uniform, pinstripes. And it's what is identity of the New York Yankees. But we seem to not care about that here. Anytime anything, a club is struggling, a new owner buys it, anything like that, let's rebrand When I feel like baseball and soccer are some of the sports that have the most tradition in the world, right? Baseball goes back to the 1800s. Soccer goes back to the 1800s over in England. The clubs there go back. They don't really change their logos that much. Here, obviously, MLS only goes back to the 90s. Some of these clubs go back farther. Seattle. Seattle goes back to the 70s, Portland goes back to the 70s. And each of these have refreshed their logo at different intervals. The Sounders were not always green and blue. There's some purple in there before. There's a whale in there before, like an orca whale, right? But my point is, let's let's let some of these logos stick around. I'm glad Montreal is backtracking because it should have never been messed with. The fans spoke. Listen to your fans. I mean, hell, we didn't even talk about this. Houston just rebranded a couple years ago, last year. How's that worked out for them? They're eighth place in the West. I guess it's working out okay. But the thing is, it was never the logo, right? That kind of stuff is... When they want to kind of act like they're doing something. Oh, here's our refresh. And then some of these clubs have to backtrack. So my point is, just do the research first. Get it right first before unveiling your new logo. And I think asking your diehard supporters not the casuals. I think for some of these things, they they test these focus groups with people who are probably not even familiar with teams. The Chicago Fire crown logo was probably researched by people that thought this was about the show. (laughs) You know, like, that's probably part of it. And they're trying to appeal to casuals because they want people to say, hey, That looks pretty nice. I think I should follow them. Or as they like to always say, we are rebranding as a global brand. And I've railed on that a few times on this show before because you shouldn't worry about a global brand until you're a pretty big brand in your market. Chicago was not a big brand in its market. Montreal, guess what? This logo doesn't make anybody outside of Montreal want to support this team any more than the old logo did. And they're finding that out now. I'm very curious as we move on here. I don't want to take up too much time ranting. But I am very curious on what they'll come out with. And when they do, you'll see my thoughts on the Twitter and you'll see my thoughts on here. But let's get through some of these games because oh before we do that too Miles Robinson left the Atlanta game with an injury uh Achilles torn Achilles So he's down might miss the World Cup for looking at it from a US men's national team perspective and that um it's a shame we don't know how it's going to go. These things happen. I, I really wish we could get away from turf. Seattle may not have had too many problems with it, but actually, they had two people go down injured in the Concacaf Champions League final. But we we've also had uh, you know people leave injured um, in a lot of Atlanta games lately. And just studies show turf is not as good for some of these ankle ligament type of stuff. So let's, I really wish we could move on from turf, but some of our biggest teams, like Seattle and Atlanta, share stadiums with football teams that are going to use turf. It's unfortunate. Okay, Uh, so Charlotte led off the weekend with a victory over Miami at Bank of America Stadium with Shinashiki scoring their first goal as a Charlotte uh, member after the trade. So 68th minute, Andre Shinashiki scores a goal. Great for him to get get started on the right foot there after the trade. And uh, I'm sure that it will endear him to the Charlotte faithful who had decent crowd. 32,018. Yeah. But you know, Charlotte uh, doing, doing pretty good. They're up to an uh, eighth place in the East. The East is crazy. We talked about this last week. I mean, looking at points, they're in 13th place, uh, 13 points, sorry, in eighth place for Charlotte. That is six points off of Philly in first. There is a nine-point difference from first place to 14th place Chicago Fire. That's That's where we're currently at with the East. So these teams are going to be moving up and down the Eastern Conference all season. All season. Uh, Montreal crushed Orlando. Orlando four-one. Uh, Waterman with the twenty-first minute goal. Mahalovic in the fifty-second. Matinho pulls one back to make it 2-1, but then Torres and Brault-Gilliard are going to score in the 81st and 84th minute to give Montreal a 4-1 victory at home, and that's going to move Montreal all the way up to third place in the East. They have 17 points, uh, two points back of Philadelphia and first of the East. They have uh, 20 goals forward, 19 goals against. They, so, really, that is one of the highest goals against in the East. I think it's uh, second highest. Tied with Miami, 19 goals against. But they still have a plus goal differential because those 20 goals, which is the most scored in the East. So, yes, that puts them... 17 points. They have five wins, two draws, three losses. And uh, there you go. They have not lost in their last five. They've beat the Red Bulls. They beat Vancouver. They drew with the Union. They beat Atlanta. Then they beat Orlando. That's their last five results. That leaves Orlando in fourth, by the way. They have 15 uh, goals against, 13 goals for, and they sit currently with 17 points, just like Montreal, but with a negative two goal differential. As Orlando seemingly always start to do this now, where they start off hot and then a couple, you know, third of the way in the season start kind of dropping off a bit. We'll see how it goes for them later, but I wish I could get, Logan's thoughts on this, but that's two losses now in the last five for Orlando with the Red Bull loss 3-0 and the Montreal loss 4-1. They beat the Fire, they beat the Crew, and they beat Charlotte, Orlando. So kind of a mixed bag from them to start the season and, and also a mixed bag in the last five games. But they have five wins, two draws, and four losses, Orlando does. Okay. Atlanta beat Chicago 4-1. So another 4-1 scoreline here. Cisneros uh, in the third minute and the 27th minute and the 36th minute. So a hat trick for Cisneros. Uh, and uh, 0-4 for Chicago scored in the 11th to equalize at that point before Cisneros got another two goals. And then Brooks Lennon in the 90 plus one. Uh, Atlanta edged possession 61 to 38. Uh, shots edged to Atlanta 16 to 4. Seven shots on goal to two for Atlanta. And that leaves Chicago at the bottom of the East, as I just mentioned. And that puts Atlanta just in a playoff spot in seventh place with 14 points. So they're only three points away from third, and they're only five points away from first. So as much as we've talked about, Atlanta struggling this season. They do have three losses in their last five, by the way, and a draw. Only one win in their last five. The East is so tight that they can conceivably still jump up higher in the spots. Now, the thing is, are they going to? Probably not. And the reason I say probably not is because I am worried about their injuries, and I'm worried about just the overall overall. State of the team. Uh, This 4-1 win was needed for them, obviously. But top goal scorer is now Cisneros. I mean, four goals, three of those were just last week, though. Will that type of production keep going? I don't know, but I'm sure Atlanta's happy that they're sitting above Charlotte right now. And they have a game in hand of Charlotte as well. Uh, Red Bull New York drew with Portland. Uh, Niaz Gota scored for Portland in the 53rd minute. Aaron Long in the 67th at Red Bull Arena. This game finished 50-50 on possession pretty much with 50.5 to the Red Bulls, 49.5 to Portland. Red Bulls ended up with 13 shots to seven. Four of those shots on goal to Portland's one. But that one uh, one shot on goal for Portland is what found the back of the net. And leaves them leaving New York with a point. Red Bulls still sit second in the East. And actually, if they could have won that game, they would have let Frog over Philadelphia Union, who have had three straight draws. That puts Portland in 10th place of the West. They have 12 points on the season. That's 11 points shy of first place. And it's two points shy of a playoff spot. So Portland can still conceivably turn that around as well. They've had three draws in their last five games with a loss and a win as well. NYCFC drew with Kansas City at City Field. NYCFC have had uh, only nine games played. So they're one back of the top three and two back of fourth and fifth place in the east but they have 14 points with nine games played so if they make up that uh make up that game and win they can get all the way up to third and if they win the other two games or the other game they have in hand They only have that one in hand of Orlando and Cincy. So they'd probably leapfrog both of those anyway. But Castellanos leads the team with scoring in five goals. They've won three straight before this straw. And again, it kind of comes to I don't want to make fun of them for their goal scoring. Uh, You know, like they're, I don't want to make fun of them for like jumping around stadiums right now. But what I want to point out with that is when you have multiple home stadiums, I feel like you lose your home advantage. So I'm not so sure that we can even say, Oh, they had this one at home. They should have won this one. It's at City Field. They haven't played there too many times. It's kind of been a more thing recent the last two days, the last two years. So I don't know how much we can really say that's a home field advantage. DC United got a much needed win. Over Houston Dynamo, 2-0, uh, uh, Toxie uh, Fountas scored two goals in the 35th and 43rd minute to give D.C. the win at home. Pretty good victory for them. That puts D.C. United in 10th place with 12 points. And literally, a they have two games in hand of some of the teams like Orlando and Cincy. They have one game in hand of Atlanta and Montreal, New York, and Philly. So, again, if they win that one, they could actually jump into a playoff spot. They're only two points back of NYCFC. And that's with three losses in their last five, but they've also had two wins in their last five against, DC, against uh, New England and then this one against Houston Dynamo. The Revs draw with Columbus at Gillette Stadium. Barry in the 27th minute, then Jones in the 70th, Buxa in the 82nd, and then Hurtado is going to equalize for the crew in the 89th minute. People very upset about Omar Gonzalez coming in in the 84th minute because Omar Gonzalez just hasn't been good for a couple years now. He's going to come in, they're going to give up the t- tying goal, and it's just kind of rinse, wash, repeat for the Revs and Omar Gonzalez. So. Not great. Not not really winning the fans over in New England. Uh, Minnesota hosted Cincinnati at Allianz Field, and Cincinnati is going to score the game 90-plus third minute. It's Brandon Vasquez who is going to score that goal, and that's going to bump Cincinnati all the way up to fifth place. With 16 points, they're so only three points shy of the Union. Now, the Union have a game in hand. So does Red Bulls in Montreal. But that's that's pretty crazy. Uh, I mean, they're only one point back of, since, uh, of Orlando City. And Cincinnati started off really bad. They've won three in a row, though, and Brandon Vasquez is their leading goal scorer. They beat Toronto. They beat Toronto. Back-to-back games. And then they just beat Minnesota United. Minnesota, who is in seventh in a playoff spot in the West right now, with 14 points, that is seven points, uh, no, sorry, nine points back of first place. And uh, about two points back of fifth and five points back of fourth. So if they're looking for a home playoff spot, they are five points back of that. They've played 10 games. Dallas beat Seattle 2-0. We kind of already talked about that a bit. Jesus Frayer in the 65th minute. Paul Ariola in the 88th. That was at Toyota Stadium. Dallas sit fourth in the West. They've won three in the last five with two draws, so they have not lost in their last five. And they are the only team in the West that can say that. Every other team in the West has lost in their last five. Montreal is the only other team in MLS that can say that. With four wins in their last five and a draw. But yeah, every other team in the West has lost a game. And every other team in the East has lost a game in their last five, except for Montreal. So if you want to do power rankings based on the last five weeks, those two teams would be at the top. Uh, Sporting Kansas City, we didn't really talk about them with the MICFC stuff, but they sit 12th place. They're still above Seattle. They have nine points, but they've played three more games than Seattle, and they've had two losses in their last five and then three straight draws. Two of those draws, nil-nil. They're just not getting a lot of goal scoring uh, they're, they've only scored eight goals this season, which is close to lowest. Uh, Vancouver and Chicago both have seven. San Jose beat the Rapids uh, at PayPal Park. Nathan scored in the 64th minute to give the Quakes the victory. That put San Jose in 11th place. They have nine points. They've played 10 games. And uh, the Rapids, who won the West last year, sit ninth with 12 points. But that's two points shy of a playoff spot, three points shy of six plays, and seven points shy of a home playoff spot. But not looking good for the Rapids. Three losses in their last five. They have a win that was against Portland and a draw against Charlotte. LAFC drew with Philadelphia. This was a late one. I did not get to actually stay up for this, and I'll tell you why. I got my booster shot, and uh, I guess that was stupid of me, but I went to bed at 9.30, woke up at 11.20, turned it on, saw the union were winning, and then fell back asleep (laughs) until 2 o'clock when I woke up and saw it was uh, finished 2-2. But but Gazdag in the ninth minute. To give the union an early lead, Opoku is going to take uh, an equalizer in the 56th minute. Carranza is going to score to take the lead again in the 67th, and Escobar in the 82nd minute. Uh, LAFC had more possession. They had more shots 22 to 9. They had more shots on goal 6 to 2. So, as a union fan, happy with the draw. I saw some union fans upset that we blew a lead. LAFC is the best team in MLS right now by a mile. And we have not been good in the last uh last 5 games really. You know, we've had uh uh three straight draws, a loss and a win against the Crew in the last month. And really uh look, they've only lost one game all season. Carranza's doing great. We're just going to, you know, they're going a little slow right now. They're going to get out of it. So if you're a Union fan listening in, relax. They'll figure it out. Vancouver beat Toronto with uh, Ricketts scoring in the 90th minute. Yeah, Tassan Ricketts in the 90th minute to give... Vancouver, a victory at home over Toronto. Vancouver sits bottom of the West. They've played nine games. They've had seven points. And uh, Toronto sits uh, 12th. So they've kind of – Toronto had gone up for a bit, and now they're falling back down. Four straight losses for Toronto, 5-4 over NYCFC. They lost – Cincinnati beat them 2 1. Cincinnati beat them 2 0. Vancouver beat them 1 0. So, pretty rough stretch for Toronto, who we thought was going to be most improved this year. Nashville gets a big win at home at Geod- uh, Ge- Geodius uh, Park. Romney in the 63rd minute, Sapong in the 90 plus two. Had 28,000 there in front of that for their first, uh, their first home victory in their new stadium. So Nashville have lost three games all season. They sit sixth place. They jumped back up into a playoff spot with this. They have 15 points. They're four points shy of a home playoff game. Eight points shy first place. I think at this point we're all kind of thinking, LAFC and Austin are who's going to be duking it out in the West, I think, for top spot as it currently stands. LA Galaxy and Dallas can get there. They both have 19 points to Austin's 20 and LAFC's 23, but looking pretty good. Speaking of Austin, they lose to LA Galaxy uh, at Q2 Stadium. LA Galaxy, Marky Delgado in the sixth minute gives the Galaxy a huge victory. Austin sits second place in the West. Galaxy sits third. Galaxy are one point back of Austin. Now, Austin has scored 22 goals compared to Galaxy's 11, but that was Austin's first loss in the last five games here. they won four straight with uh, beating Minnesota, beating D.C. United, beating Vancouver, and beating Houston before Galaxy put – put the uh, stop to that galaxy have also had one loss in their last five but they also had a draw against the fire in there and three victories okay uh then also uh on wednesday we didn't talk about this one yet but on wednesday before the mls cup final, i mean the Concacaf champions league final cincinnati it beat toronto 2-0 uh preso uh mim-, mim bongu sorry i think i messed that up um scored uh well preso and bongu got a red card in the sixth minute that which was four minutes after harris scored for cincinnati and then acosta scored a penalty in the 57th minute to get a victory over toronto at tql stadium I guess that was a makeup game for one of these teams, but Toronto's played eleven and so is Cincinnati. So it's just kind of weird scheduling. So coming up, Wednesday—sorry, uh, Tuesday, May tenth—is Open Cup. We got Orlando versus Philadelphia. That's on ESPN Plus. DC versus Red Bulls at seven thirty. Uh, Miami hosting South Georgia. At, on ESPN Plus as well. Uh, SKC hosting Dallas. And LAFC hosting Portland at 10.30. Then on Wednesday, we have Richmond Kickers hosting Charlotte at 6.30. New England Revs hosting Cincinnati at 7. NYCFC hosting Rochester at 7. Minnesota hosting Colorado at 8 o'clock. Nashville hosting Atlanta at 8. Houston hosting San Antonio at 8.30. Seattle hosting San Jose at 10 o'clock. Vancouver hosting Valor at 10, and Cal United hosting LA Galaxy at 10.30. And then we're going to get to our Match of the Week preview. It's time for the Match of the Week preview. All right, we have on the weekend Toronto versus Orlando at 3 o'clock. We have at 3.30 on Univision, TUDN, and Twitter, Colorado Rapids hosting LAFC. Charlotte hosts Montreal at 7 o'clock. NYCFC hosts The Crew at 7. Vancouver hosts San Jose at 7. 7.30, Philadelphia Union hosts New York Red Bulls. Chicago hosts Cincinnati at 8 o'clock. Miami hosts DC at 8. Houston hosts Nashville at 8.30. Salt Lake hosts Austin at 9.30. Portland host Kansas city at 10 o'clock and LA galaxy host Dallas at ten thirty. All those games are on or an ESPN plus. If it's not that Univision game, then on Sunday we have an ESPN double header, one Atlanta, new England and Seattle, Minnesota at four o'clock for me. I'm going to be a little biased here. Philadelphia union red bulls seven thirty at Subaru park is a big one for Saturday we have the top two teams in the East going up against it they've both been very good this year Red Bulls are one point behind Minnesota, I mean Philadelphia are at home so they have to get some points here, get all three get that buffer between you and the Red Bulls but for a Red Bull side this is a big time for them to nab some points on the road Philly has had three straight draws and a loss before that, so they're not in good form. Red Bulls have beat Orlando on the road. They beat Chicago on the road, so they can definitely win on the road. So if you're a Red Bull fan, you're thinking, this is pretty good. This is lining up pretty good for us to maybe give Philadelphia their second loss, the first loss at home of the season. All right. Well, we went through a lot there. Uh, so that's my match of the week preview. We have some more midweek games coming up next week. So we'll talk about that next Monday. But I just want to thank everybody for listening to our show here. Follow on Twitter Facebook.com slash StatesideShow or Instagram at stateside Show. You can also email us statesideshow at gmail.com. Hopefully next week we have Logan back. I know he's getting ready for his trip to England. But, yeah, I hope everyone enjoys these Open Cup games we have coming up. We got some good MLS teams entering the fray. We got them playing against some other big MLS competition. So let's see how it goes. That wraps us up here. So, thank you all for taking the time. Hope everyone enjoys the soccer we have coming up this weekend. We'll see you next time. Tomorrow throwing his body in, it's going to fall for Ibrahimovic. Oh, come on! Come on! Thank you for listening to Stoppage Time Soccer Show. We hope that you continue to listen to our show as we recap the u.s men's national team americans abroad mls usl this is stateside soccer show presented by stoppage time soccer show have a good one